0: The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known, and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to
1: the most mundane.
0: Well, hey there, welcome in to another episode of Story World. Steve Schramm here with my boy Al. What's up, dude?
1: Oh, you know, just kicking it with my boy, Steven. That's right. Uh, Steven with a V. <laughs> uh, what was it that I watched
0: recently? Where, where? Anyway, the, there was some show or movie where it was like, Steven with a V. Oh, it was uh, Moon Knight.
1: Dude, Moon Knight. Uh, I, had, gotta, I know, I got to watch that.
0: Uh, dude, watch it doesn't it. even matter. It honestly doesn't matter if you don't care for the rest of the Marvel stuff. Um, We have to watch, or you, you have to watch Moon Knight. Now, to, if you yeah. wanted to invite I me to watch it along with you, it'd be great. But for so many reasons that we'll talk about sometime, cool. you need to watch Absolutely. Moon Knight.
1: I would anyway, definitely watch it.
0: Anyway, so we are not talking about Moon Knight today, though. No, instead, mm-hmm. we are talking about Space Cowboys. Space Cowboys, uh, one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. A comedy. We watched it the other night at our uh, movie night that we have every couple weeks, and I'll tell you, it was just as good as ever. What What do you think, man?
1: Well, first of all, we started out with a great, uh, great plate of meat, a charcuterie, uh meat board, which was fantastic. Yes. Always a great way to start off the night. And then, hey. um, digging into the space cowboys, you know what? I thought it might be kind of one of those awkward, uh, not awkward, but just, um, very like dated, um, late yeah. 90s or early thousands movies <laughs> and turned out I was very pleasantly surprised. And I thought yeah. that was because I was going in with the mindset of uh, not very expecting much, but uh, it turned out very well. This is the first time I've seen it, um, but you've seen it quite a few times, I think.
0: Yeah, I've seen it probably five or six, maybe more than that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to be honest, it it was just as good as ever. I mean, I I I forgot, actually. I mean, I found myself laughing. And we're going we're gonna to get to this, but probably the first three quarters of the movie is just very... I don't want to say slapstick, but it is like it's comedy through and through. I mean, they take every opportunity to crack a joke or whatever, and it was, it honestly felt good just to laugh. Not not like the, you know the burdens of life don't weigh down so heavily on me that I can't have a good time. I mean, everybody has stress in their lives, but like it's rare that like it's rare that you're just sitting there laughing for basically hours on end. And so it was a really it was really welcome. Um, That's
1: what surprised me the most about it when I was. I guess even into college, I, I I laughed at like dumb comedy even. I think it was just to get myself into it. But like yeah. last five or so years, I've been very picky on comedy movies. And if something doesn't make me laugh, then it's just, I don't want to watch it. And this yeah. one really took me by surprise. And it was, it was just funny. Uh, the jokes that were written, yeah. the, um, the, the actors delivering on it. And it was just, uh, it had, like what Steve said, the first, at least half of the movie, even through maybe the first like two thirds of it, Um, It seemed like it was every scene made you laugh about something. And I don't remember laughing quite that often in a movie in a long time.
0: Well, yeah, same. And, you know, the the actors, too, um, they all the act. And I mean, except for one, all of the main characters are pretty recognizable. I the guy who plays Tank, I don't really know him from anything else. But the others, Mm -hmm. Donald Sutherland. Tommy Lee Jones and Clint Eastwood are obviously extremely recognizable names um, in Hollywood. And, like, they're they're not all necessarily known, I would say, for humor. But their humor itself is recognizable and, and is sort of similar across the different roles that they play. And so having them bring their own style of delivering humor to the actual lines and situation that were written for this movie was really cool. Um, you know, yeah, it's like definitely. one of my favorite Tommy Lee Jones movies is Man of the House. And it's a hilarious one, too. And you can sort of see a similar delivery of the comedy in, in the two different characters, even though it's wildly different movies. So,
1: yeah, I I agree. Um, so Tank is paid by uh, um, James Gardner. And I, the only thing I really know him from, I probably should know him from more, is uh, The Notebook. <laughs> so uh take that gotcha. view, but he was in that um
0: so his name sounds familiar yeah but i i just... he's
1: popular and like i guess that i probably should know more movies that he's in but i just i just don't or i can't stop my head but yeah, yeah the the comedy was uh which is super great in it now um going on to ca- kind of looking beyond the comedy because it's it's a movie that perfectly in my opinion balances comedy and then some seriousness as well yes. um so again um well, there'll be spoilers throughout if you don't, you know, cover your ears or best lead the podcast. Not entirely, just this episode. It's, uh, if you don't <laughs> want to hear anything, but um, the, the movie did an excellent way of forcing um, these four old guys into a situation where they are the only ones that are going to be able to go out and spit to space and solve this issue that they're having. Um, and so, it, and behind that, there's, Kind of the, uh, it almost seems like a subplot at first, but then, you know, that's going to get worse and worse where it, there seems to be some drama going on between the Russians behind the scenes and one of our own and it never in the forefront is always the comedy. Like I said, for at least the first half. And then finally, like, you know, what's going to happen, then that gets brought to light. But I love how the writers really thought through a lot of different things. Cause I, I think they knew that four old guys going to space is just silly and everyone watching the movie yeah. thinks it's silly. But when you get presented with the situation at there, and you think, oh, that actually kind of makes sense that they're going to send these old guys up. Yeah, they did a good and job it, with it. And that. it sucks you right in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and I mean, in fact, they even put, you know, some of that. Um, some of that thinking made it into the movie, you know, in one in one scene, they're interviewed by Jay Leno because basically somebody leaks, mm-hmm. and, you know, a photographer gets a hold of what's going on. And um, a journalist basically ends up leaking the story. So they were trying to keep it from the public. Uh, for numerous reasons, but one of those being that, you know, sending four old guys into space is, in, in, you know, sort of farcical, really. And um, when when the story leaked out, you know, was, the public reaction was sort of opposite, right? They became like yeah. legends, you know, really quickly. They were stars. Um, and it, it's sort of like the situation itself, yeah, it became more real, more believable. Like, yeah, I could actually see this happening. I mean, it, it does sound crazy, but I could see it happening. You know, there's crazier things
1: that happen absolutely like, uh, kind of in my little, uh, note here that I have kind of like in our beginning where they teach uh, diggers to become astronauts rather than astronauts. That's right. diggers. You so like, see, yeah, now, I that's mean, a great movie. You know, people, that's one of the things where you look past it. It's like, ah, eh, that's kind of weird, but whatever. It's a cool movie. But yep. this movie decided to not go out that way. They really wanted to try to, and just because, uh, you know, hopefully Steve and I can keep giving everyone, um application to these movies that we're watching after all, it is homework for our podcast. Uh, That's right. If you're um, I, I'm sure that there's ways you can apply to it to marketing as well. But if you're like writing a story or uh, coming up with something like that, if you feel like that there's some loopholes or gaps in your story that don't quite make sense and things seem kind of questionable, just think about it and you can change your story wherever you want to kind of force the story into where you need it to go um yeah you're, you're the author of it you know whether it's that or a song or marketing if something doesn't seem right it's not oh, oh well it didn't work out it's like no you're you're creating this you can do whatever you want so if you want that story yeah. to happen and if it would be a good story then make it happen however you need to
0: believe it or not i i actually do have a very solid uh marketing application perfect awesome. um i i uh i had thought about it myself before but then i heard a podcast. Just. A month or two ago, where um, uh, one of the guys that I, I like to listen to made this point as well. And so he helped, you know, give what, my thinking some language. And basically what you could do, because of course, storytelling is a huge part of, of marketing. Um, stories by themselves don't necessarily have a natural direction where they're leading. Some of them do. But not always so the point is you can just exactly as you were saying you can craft a story a certain way in order to make a particular Mm -hmm. point in fact um and this is a a tangent that we won't go down but i'll just say that there's uh, some evidence that the biblical writers even even did this and the, the easiest example of this is you have four gospels matthew mark luke and john many of them tell the same story but With minor variations that are specific to not only the way they tell stories, but also the points that they want to make. Well, in marketing, um, what what you can and should do as you're telling stories to increase your marketing efforts and increase your uh, sales numbers and things like that is you can actually um, manipulate not the facts of the story you want to keep that right but but manipulate the uh the lessons and the direction of the story for the audience that you're teaching so for example in my in my world there are two main audiences that i serve one is the people who need to buy a website from me and then the other audience is other website designers who want to learn the unique way that i sell websites which is through subscription services subscription website design and so I'll use a lot of the same stories. I've got this one story that I tell. I I, I call it the pastor porn story. I mean, it's, it's easy <laughs> to remember that way. Um, and the, the, the truth of the story in general is that early on when we were designing websites, there was a pastor's website that we built, and it got hacked, and it started redirecting to a porn site. Okay? Not That's good. the story. Okay? Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's the story. Now- for my for clients who are signing on for website services, I tell this story as a way of getting buy-in with them on the idea that, look, I don't want to just build your website and then let it sit there for you to not do anything with it. I want to maintain it over the long term. And so I go back and tell that story as a way of sort of raising the stakes mm-hmm. for them if they don't end up buying from me. Um,
1: That's good. but
0: when I'm, when I'm talking to web designers and I want to sell them into a course or into a mentorship program or something for the purpose of helping them realize how the subscription model can benefit them. I tell the same story, but I mold it around to that angle that this, this, uh, Scenario is one of the reasons that I came to to realize that subscription web design was the way to go because then I could get clients to work with me on a regular basis. So it's the same exact story, but you're molding it for a unique purpose. And so, anyway, that was that's the marketing application.
1: And all those cases, in all of these cases, the movie um, with the marketing and kind of you know forcing your uh, customer to kind of see a certain viewpoint to get them to go to that action, to that call of action, or with writing, um, you can. You can force people to see things a certain way. Now, I think and see we would agree. The most important thing is it has to seem natural. Um, it, you can people know if something's being forced, that doesn't seem right. I think we've all been there, whether it's in a movie or a book or a marketing ad or anything like that.
0: Uh, yeah. uh, pause. Hold that thought. For, the yeah. worst the worst place that this happens is when pastors borrow illustrations <laughs> from like pastorillustrations.com. And it's yeah. like the illustration that you've heard a thousand times. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, that one
1: really bugs me. So I'm glad you got that out, Steve. That was uh, that was good for you, I feel. <laughs>
0: I really needed to admit that. I'm so sorry I interrupted you. Anyway, you no, what you thought.
1: Absolutely. No, but I think I I think I pretty much said it all. But yeah, just uh, you know, test it out and see if it's uh if it's natural and if it works. But uh yeah. good stuff. Um, yeah. 100%. my final point on what I liked is um I really liked the ending. Uh, it was it was Just different and out there, and I think it was it perfectly fit the movie. Um, so again, spoilers here, but um, I forget the character's name that ended up uh on the moon at the end.
0: Oh, um, well, it was um, was it I Tank? Break. No, it wasn't Tank, no. it was um, what's his name,
1: Hawk Hawk. Hawk, Hawk. Yeah, I
0: wanted, I kept wanting to say yeah. Hank, but it, and Hawk. so uh, yeah,
1: and so he ends up uh, for those of you who have seen it and want to be remembered, um, basically he you know, shoots the nukes out to space with them to save earth or, you know, other catastrophes from happening and, uh, ends up finding himself on the moon and, uh, dies by looking at earth. Um, and then he was going to die from cancer anyway, or at least that's what they were pretty much assuming. And so it, yeah. it just, it was an out there ending, but I think the ending fit, it was just perfect for his character. You know, he wanted to go to space and it was, I thought it would just, it fit, fit very well.
0: Now, the big uh, twist of the movie is, of course, that so they, they go up to fix this satellite and it turns out that the satellite is not um, you, you tell, like they keep making excuses for it. The Russians do for all these reasons why they couldn't just go out and retrieve the satellite. Basically, the scenario is the satellite's falling to Earth, you know, and it's like they go out and um, they, they go up and they, they try to fix it. But it turns out that it's actually a Cold War relic that has, you know, obviously nuclear uh, missiles, um, that it's like, yeah, if this thing basically goes offline, it's going to assume that there's been a disaster, and we're basically we have these missiles targeted at you know cities on earth that are yeah, densely populated, yeah. um, cities in the United States specifically that are densely populated. So, my question for you is, as you know, as sort of the, the fiction guy, um, what, what did you think of that actual twist itself?
1: Um, it was. I thought it was good. I wouldn't necessarily really call it a full twist because you kind of, ex- you expected something to happen like that. I kind of thought that gotcha. when they got up there, it would be, I didn't know it would necessarily have those specific nukes on board, but I knew it had something to do with either nukes left over from the Cold War or something like that. But um, gotcha. it didn't lessen though the impact of, oh, wow, like this is serious now. Like it, it I was like, okay, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to well, disable well, it? Or are they going to?
0: What would you call that? See, I, I would think of that as a twist. Is that So is that really not – that's not really a twist. I, that would, just...
1: I would say if it was anything, it was very blatant foreshadowing of what was going gotcha. to happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's what I would call it. A, gotcha. It could be a little twist, but because the Russian general was involved the whole time and they kind of had – he kind of had the back and forth with the NASA general guy there. Yeah, gotcha. it was kind of yeah. foreshadowing what was to come. You didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but something was going to happen.
0: So, so a twist would assume that it would be more unexpected. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I, that's what I categorize twist as. Time when you come to and you say, "Wow, it, I uh, think of it. Think of the like uh, your Who Done It movies. Um, that's kind of gotcha. how I think. Okay. How I think of twists. I'm sure that it's a broad range, but that's just kind of how I view it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, yeah cool great movie what about what about what you
0: what you didn't like
1: so the the things that i didn't like really have nothing to do with like the actual plot points it's just specific parts in there that i think i paused it a couple times and turned he was like what's going on here um so the first thing i have is how in the world that aircraft did not burn out when it was coming back in the atmosphere i mean Yeah, that thing was shooting down. I don't know how many thousands of thousands of miles per hour, but it was shooting. And then not only that, but when it zoomed out, granted these are like you know models in an early thousands movie, but the thing was literally like flames. It's like a ball of fire coming through that. Right, right. And then I'm like, okay, like they're gonna have to eject at some point, or like, like what's gonna like something's gonna happen? They gonna blow up and die? And then all of a sudden, it's like a minute later, they're the plane's intact and they're landing at the space station. Mm -hmm. I'm like. How the heck did that work? Like, did it automatically just like the flames just disappear and now it's whole again? And so, again, it didn't like damper the plot of the movie or anything. I just thought it was a very weird. I thought something bad was going to happen, and then they just landed safely.
0: Well, uh, okay, so so question here, and i i I don't mean to insult your intelligence because you are a you are a a space fan. So I I just want some some clarity, like. You do know that that's just what happens when you're re-entering the atmosphere, right? Like you do know that 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 they're, yeah. but they have a heat shield, um, to you know to guard, like so. Right. W- so what are you thinking that goes beyond that? Is I do that- know
1: that, but the situation of them coming in where everything was chaotic and hectic anyway, and mm-hmm. they were and they were saying it's going to burn, it's going to burn up. Like we need to eject now. It's going to burn. So oh, I was saying, okay, okay. It, it is going to burn. It is, yeah, going to yeah, and yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, just mind, like it's did, yeah, yeah.
0: Never mind. I got you, okay. And okay. so
1: that was that was where that was where it kind of tipped the scales for me. Is it was like, hey, this okay. thing's gonna blow up. I I don't know if that was the writers trying to create a little bit of extra flair at the end to get you worked up because it worked me up. I was like, okay, like something's wrong. It's burning up, and then, yeah, it, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That's 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 maybe true, and maybe, um like for some reason I, I feel like some things and this is maybe just wrong i don't know but i feel like sometimes there are places in a movie where the the where people get careless um about their details and stuff like i thought most of the movie was really well done in their details and so it's really odd that like this one little
1: you yeah know, probably why it stood out like like it really yeah. wasn't like I said, it didn't ruin the movie or damper at all. It was just one of those right. things where like to me too, I think the climax happened when they were in space. I think they could have made the return right. just a little bit like less. But uh, yeah, the fact that the astronauts themselves were saying that it's gonna it's gonna blow up, it's gonna burn.
0: Right, right.
1: Anyway, kinda of but,
0: but I think yeah, that cool. kinda
1: I think that kind of attests though to how good the actual movie was. Like that's a pretty small thing. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, I would totally agree. Um Sweet. And then I forget the the general guy's name there. This was so this so the I'm just gonna call him the NASA General. I know that's not his official title, but the guy leading yeah. the project, the NASA general. He uh so he like he basically was like committed treason, I I would kind of say. Like I don't think there's really a yeah to say it. I did against the United States, Russia, and he did it during the Cold War. And, you know, it's found out and pretty much like, I think pretty much everyone, or at least the, the head honchos there, the astronauts, like they know it, they know like what he did now. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the, the space shuttle lands, um, they return safely, except for the one guy that died on the moon and it shows the NASA general, like kind of clapping, like almost like he's had like a change of heart, like, wow, like they did it. And then like a couple of people look at him and they just kind of shake their head. Like, oh man, like this guy, like, what are you going to do with him? And yeah, then like, yeah. that was it. And I, I think I looked at Steve. I said, this guy like committed treason against the United States of America, like with the Russians. Oh, like, yeah. What do you do with that? So Yeah. I thought, so Look at this guy, this one is, I think that is much worse than than the spacecraft coming into, uh, yeah. coming into the atmosphere. that was just one where I, was, I don't know if at the end the at the writer just said, you know what? It's a long movie, right? By at this point, we're just going to go with this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I agree. It's actually the one that even, like, even having seen the movie numerous times now, it's actually the one that, as we were watching, I noticed too. I just, I couldn't help but notice that the the guy, and, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like my kids. It's it, the way that the scene happens. It's, it's kind of like when, like one of my kids very obviously did something, and then like he comes out and he's like, "No," and he, and he calls the other one, "No Riker," or "No like every like," and it's <laughs> yeah. like, "No." It's very obviously w- was you. And so when, when it came to light that these were nukes up there, basically the, the, the NASA, Bob Garrison was his name. Bob mm, uh, yes. Garrison, he he steps out and he, he, like, points at, he looks at the Russian dude and he's, he's like, I can't believe this. What a treat. He literally talks about how it's a big treaty yeah. violation of this and the other thing. Yes. And the Russian guy's like, you bastard! <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, okay. And I, I think I know it's a funny movie anyway. But yeah. like, I I had the same thought. Like, shouldn't this guy be epically arrested right now and oh, like yeah. burned at the stake, basically?
1: Yeah, um, it's. Uh, uh, it, I'm kind of glad it's in there because it, it just makes it so funny. <laughs> like it just stood it out funny. so bad.
0: Well, and then, and the, I I think you know to be honest with you, I think they just um, like really. Went the extra mile and capitalized with it, and, and turned it into a, a an even funnier thing. Because one of the last scenes of the movie is that guy, Bob Gerson, the the uh, the, mm-hmm. the general, talking to the media, and he's like, "No, you'll never find a finer, finer, fire, you know, flyer or a finer astronaut than than these than this guy. This guy never lost confidence in them for a second. I mean, he's just totally BS into the media, and so they must have just like. Rather than work out a whole thing where he gets arrested and all that, they must've just wanted to double down on him being a total snake. You know,
1: it's tough. It's so weird because they really simply could have, they didn't even, it could have been a 10 second scene where they show like the him other guy like head, like, on the phone and then like, please come in handcuffing him, walking him. That's off. right. Like, it
0: could have been really crazy. It's
1: like, okay, they they got arrested. What but but maybe thing.
0: but maybe the right thing to do was to go ahead and just and
1: just And just keep it in
0: like, just honestly make him such a BSer, like you know, and just kind of I don't know, maybe it, maybe it, it gave was us a laugh. It was good. It, it did give me a laugh, that's for sure.
1: know thing I'm I'm curious about your opinion on this, I found that the kind of romantic interest between Hawk and that woman seemed mm-hmm. to come on like kind of quickly and just seemed a little just odd.
0: Yeah. I th- I think
1: I don't know what force is the word, it's just I don't know, it just seemed a little out of place.
0: I don't think they needed it. In other words, I think the movie would have done absolutely fine without it. I think it was there for one purpose only. And once they say this, I think he'll be like, oh yeah. Um, I think they needed you to sympathize with the humanity of Hawk a little bit in order to get you to care about the fact that he was dying that he was that he had to stay behind on the moon and and end up dying um because before like prior to his love interest you never got to see the soft side of hawk it was always like literally fighting until they were 70 years old you know still literally getting in bar fights with one another um and 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 once hawk found out he had cancer um you know even, even even through that it was always very um tense between hawk and everybody else so Mm. i think they used that even even with the cancer announcement and everything hawk just kind of brushed it off like he normally did the only time when he was vulnerable and appeared like really human was in those scenes with her where he softened up and opened up to her and explained that love interest or whatever and so you're like really wanting to you know be on his side um by that point and then you see Mm. that happen and it's like even if the cancer had taken its course, like, you you wouldn't have had to feel that in the movie because obviously the movie wasn't going to go for another six to eight months, like, unless they put some kind of crazy funeral scene at the end, which would have been really out of place. Mm-hmm. So I think the love interest was a device to get you to care more about him. Anyway, that's just my yeah. theory. Um, it, 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 it worked for me if that was the plan, so.
1: Yeah, no, that, I see that. I see it. Um, the final point that I have, is uh just the name is kind of interesting it's not a complaint or a uh it's just uh space cowboys i i just the name just had me picturing something totally different in mine more of like a very like out there sci-fi mm. kind of silly fictional thing um oh yeah I was yeah 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 like than that like right like space or balls on, or something on Mars. yeah i thought of it was right just, yeah i it was just gonna be something weird so i was pleasantly yeah I
0: had- I, I I agree. Um, I thought about that too. Actually, I thought about the name. It's just not. It's maybe not the best name, but it allowed them to use the NSYNC song called "Space Cowboy," and that was good That's enough true. for me. So, That's true. um, good yes, good enough reason absolutely. as far as I'm concerned. I uh, I love that song. Um, but the I something that we've, we've kind of touched on, but haven't really like directly mentioned, is just that. Um. You know, about 75% of the movie is straight up comedy. And then a quarter of the movie yeah. is just, it's pretty tense. But overall, it's another one of these that just like, it's just a really good movie. Like it's mm-hmm. actually, it's actually not it's
1: a bad. good movie. You it, know, uh, it's yeah. not one of those movies that's going to get, uh, if, I don't think it probably did, but get tons of awards or like recognition. Nope. Or, but let a movie rewatch and you think, oh, that's a good movie. Like, I'm glad I watched it. For anyone who's just interested in just kind of seeing good humor work and mixing it in with some some action, some seriousness and some foreshadowing and bring it all up to one conclusion. It's a it's a good movie to watch for all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And and, you know, so I'm looking at it here. I can't help but check out the good old uh, tomato meter. You know, believe it or not, the critics rated this higher than the audience. The critics rated it a fifty or a seventy nine percent and the audience rated it a seventy or a uh, rather a fifty three. And uh, wow, I don't really know I know. Personally, I thought I actually thought it was um hmm. not bad. Um yeah, and I would and, think so it'd I'm be one sure. of those
1: movies where like fans would like it more than credits but this was also like 20 years ago, so who knows what stuff was like back then.
0: Yeah, it was now it's, diapers, Steve. It says Remember? the critic it says the critic consensus is while the plot is overly clinched, the superb acting by the sp- stars, especially the tense interactions between Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones, and the spectacular special effects, it does have good special effects, make this a yeah. movie worth
1: seeing. So It actually, anyway. really I was thinking that it did have good special effects for being that old and probably a cheaper budget compared to other yeah. movies.
0: Yo, 22 years ago. 20. This, that movie is from 2000. 22 years old. It's hard to believe. Uh, but
1: That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Great right. movie. I recommend checking it out. Hundred yeah. percent. It is uh time for might be some of your favorite time or least favorite time, but it is our right? time for story of, of the favorites. week. Yeah, I'm stories of the week. We just kind of go off on who knows where. So That's awesome. I'll, I'll go ahead and start off. So today, um, probably not when the podcast gets released, but um today for me the uh um trailer for um Oppenheimer uh dropped. And yep. um for those of you um unfamiliar, he basically is credited as being the kind of the father or creator of the atomic bomb. Um and so it's directed by Christopher Nolan. It's uh interesting because he's, you know, known for well one, he's known for dealing with stuff with um kind of you know time and how how things are are filmed, whether it's going back in time or forward in time or reverse in time or time within time. So he's always that's kind of his uh, forte. And I so when I found out he was doing a biopic. I mean, I figured he'd do good, but I just didn't quite know how that would fit in with his, you know, fictional kind of sci fi feel for his movies. Um, But after watching the trailer, I just I I can really picture it now. So I'm uh, super thrilled about it It doesn't come out until next year, unfortunately, we have to wait a while, but uh, really excited about it. And dang this guy has made so many incredible movies and has not won best picture or best director and i'm just okay. like i'm like what's going on so i'm really hoping this one can get it for him like i know at least for a lot of those guys it's not about that it's about making good movies and getting the recognition that they want but uh but i would think at some point he's got to be like man what's going to get me an oscar like what more do i have to do i made the dark knight i made inception i made interstellar i made the prestige like what do you want me to do
0: <laughs> yeah I, i'm with you there i mean you sort of introduced me uh you know to the world so to speak of yeah. christopher nolan and i i just think they're fantastic movies uh, yeah, they
1: are. yeah
0: um I, I i too would like to see him do do well with that so Definitely. and it looks like he and his brother are somewhat of a team it looks like they work together on a lot of stuff they,
1: stuff. they work together quite a bit yeah yep um anyway especially early in his career i think they did a lot of writing together his brother wrote I want to say the majority of some of the earlier stuff, but yeah, they work together quite often. Very good. Very
0: cool. All right. Well, uh, for me, I've uh, won and then I'm going to just sneak in another quick one, but uh, for me, uh, Top Gun Maverick, man. Mm. Um, so I watched the original Top Gun with my mom. Um, probably. So mom has been a huge Top Gun fan forever. And believe it or not, I had not seen it until probably a month, month and a half ago. And uh, she was over and we watched it. And you know i thought it was good um i wasn't overly excited by the the plot and in, in my opinion so much of the movie the, the you know the original movie was like you know like basically naked dudes like half naked dudes and i'm just like okay well okay and they must have been like really excited in the 80s like uh anyway um and and so i i Obviously, in the original, like the the plot wasn't really that interesting. The characters are where where it was at, right? Yeah. The characters in Top Gun really get you, and um, so it's I, I think I think they just call this right like a character driven story, yeah. um, I, I guess, and and so it was very much that. Um, it, in Maverick, the new Top Gun movie, uh, we went and saw it on Sunday, and oh man, oh man. Oh, man, (laughs) it was it was absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't seen it yet, you got to go see it. It's just as good, if not better from the character development standpoint, except with this time, there's only one scene with half naked dudes in it and playing volleyball on the beach. So that was a lot better. And there is an actual plot (laughs) to this movie, which is the best part. There's an actual plot. And an actual mission involved, and it's actually just really, really good and I'm not alone in saying that. I've actually <laughs> watched um uh, some some interviews even with actual fighter pilots, actual top gun um fighter pilots, and you know they were they were were saying a lot of the same things like this one's really cool because it's an actual like plot behind it with an actual mission driving it forward and it it's really cool furthermore about that too is um a lot of the ones that I were seeing talk about it, you know, I would say. I don't I don't I don't remember anybody giving an exact number but you know based on what I heard probably 85 90% of the um maneuvers and the actual flight stuff going on in the movie are things that um real fighter pilots actually do and they were you know using real concepts and there was real flying in the filming and just all kinds of stuff so um for you know lots of points at, you know for being realistic and also just for being a really really good movie um it's uh, it's good, and I'll just you know, minor, minor, minor spoiler alert, minor one. I uh, will say that for those of you who have seen the original, um, there is some closure that will come on this one, and that uh, it's really excellent. good. It's, you had to wait forty years for the closure, but it's here. Um. The only other thing is this week as I'm, um, uh, I'm just excited because this week I launched my subscription web design course. So, you know, for those of you who've been following along here, you may or may not know, I do um, uh, website design for a living. And what we, what we do is we sell via subscription services. And that's kind of weird for web designers. Most web designers don't do that. In fact, it's so weird that my business mentor said that I should teach other people how to do it. So... I did create a course on how to do that, which you can find at steamstram.co slash swd. And here's what I'm doing. And for some reason, one day this blows up and a ton of people end up watching this. And it just so happens that um, people who come along are web designers and you want to learn how to use subscription website design. I've got a 25% coupon for you. So
1: you can go to- oh, Is that uh, good indefinitely?
0: Yeah, indefinitely, bro. Indefinitely. Yeah, so yeah. you can go to- steveshram.co slash swd when you check out just enter the code story and it will give you 25% off of the course so anyway I'm, I'm not exactly holding out hope there's going to be a large percentage of our audience who would take advantage of that but if you're out there listening and you want to learn from the ground up how to sell websites to people using subscription services you can jump on my course and do that so anyway
1: Excellent. there you go uh, random thing about Tom Cruise did you ever watch Edge of Tomorrow no and i I need oh, to yes yeah, yeah,
0: yeah okay <laughs> sweet i would love to and i'll tell you something else i never really got into the mission impossible movies um i don't know if you have if you've seen them but i, yeah. I feel like i should get into them and love them but i, I just never have well
1: so. one thing that helps me like him i think probably more so is just knowing that he does all of his stunts and so that just like when we see uh, things it's like that's him doing it whether it's flying a plane, whether it's jumping from something, it's like that's Tom Cruise. And when I go into those, I go into them thinking this is going to be an action movie. And that's what I'm expecting. Yeah. And that's why. And, it, and I enjoy it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I yeah. need to get into those.
1: So Tom, there's a lot of movies that Tom Cruise been in there, like Minority Report's another good one. But I, I want to say, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or not. I don't know. But um, I think Edge of Tomorrow is probably my favorite. Uh, Tom Topper's movie. It's so really. Good. Maybe I'll change my mind after I see Maverick. Who knows? But tomorrow was. Is-,
0: is that the one where he like he like keeps reliving the same thing over and over again, or or something something like that? Okay, yeah, I, would, I would yeah, no,
1: no, good. Yeah, cool movie night.
0: Movie night. night. Yeah, yeah. Movie night. All
1: right. Well, we got to see a lot tonight. I to talk about the movie. Steve Shrem insulted my intelligence, and uh, yeah, it, it turned out to be very good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh Okay, we better get this train off the tracks before we derail it. Well, that would yeah. be. De- Okay, it's already off the tracks. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are on YouTube now. So we've got sure. episodes out there on YouTube. So go check it out. Check it out. Like, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Tell you, hide your kids, hide your wife. We got Story <laughs> World on the YouTube. And so
1: excellent. <laughs> we excellent. You need
0: to get after it.
1: Excellent. Thank you, right. everyone. We'll see Sweet. you next time.
0: Thanks. Later.